0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How at participating stores. Standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.
2: Hey everyone, this is John Roca. If you like this show, you are going to love Rob Has a Podcast on Podcast One. Join the king of reality TV, Rob Sister Nino, as he hosts the biggest reality TV podcast on the web and hear his take on everything Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race. Check out Rob Has a Podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa.
2: All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: Can he spin a web any size? Catch fleas? Oh, no, just like flies, thieves. Spider-Man has a new trailer. I am so excited that I said fleas.
4: And as excited as fleas on a large animal is how excited we are for the Disney Plus shows and even more excited to talk to Taylor Hicks in a
0: deadly class. Deadly class is today and we're talking to Petra herself. I am very excited about not having fleas. I just learned that flies and thieves combined equals fleas. That Spider-Man trailer, I. this is perfect timing. There's so much to talk about in that trailer.
4: I'm also thrilled because I didn't get to see you last time and that was heartbreaking. Welcome hello. back to the show, Claire. Hey!
5: Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm good, but enough of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your trips to the States are always timed amazing. Captain Marvel trailers, Spider-Man trailer. Are you making it welcome. happen?
5: Can you visit more often so more Marvel movies I just I can't come out? confirm nor deny those rumors. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, awesomeness. When I saw this trailer yesterday, I was just like, yes. But I'm going to let Koi start because he is chomping at the actual webbed bit. Okay, so,
1: <laughs> so
0: there were more Easter eggs in this trailer than the original, like, phase one movies, and it's two and a half minutes. When the boat goes by, Amazing Spider-Man 122 is referenced, which is Hydra-Man. Now, I don't think that's Hydra-Man confirmation. I think that in the MCU this is as close to Hydra-Man as we'll get. I think the elementals are going to be a play on Hydra-Man. I don't necessarily think we'll get Sandman and Hydra-Man. I'd love that. I just don't know if that's going to happen, but I love that Amazing Spider-Man 122 22 was referenced also his passport had august 10th on it august 10th the day that final fantasy 15 dropped the Amazing birth of fantasy. spider-man is the birth of spider-man also cleverly on that passport you'll notice the expiration date years are omitted so we don't know if it's a prequel or sequel as some have alluded to with infinity war mm-hmm. i'm not saying that's the case i'm saying they're clever to omit the dates for the years now there was on the a passport. poster
4: that looked like they had stamps that said 2019
0: I don't know. I just know the trailer didn't have any dates on it mm. with the years, so that's intriguing. Mm. Uh, I also, I we gotta acknowledge the fact that there's a fishbowl headed Jake Gyllenhaal. Fishbowl
3: head! And not only does he have a fishbowl,
0: <laughs> under that fishbowl is a bowl cut. Because Quentin Beck in the comic Steve Ditko, beautiful bowl cut, I felt like that was the thing that I was expecting to trend, and then I only cared about it, so I've been just yelling, like, bowl cut! Bull- <laughs> he looks just like, I didn't think handsome Jake Gyllenhaal could look like Quentin Beck, but a bowl cut changes the game. Uh, this trailer shows maybe some Aunt May Mr. Negative illusions because there's a charity event it opens with. It evolves into full Spidey action. We've got a Ditko very reminiscent suit in that black suit. And Nick... Fury is in this trailer. We get to see this beginning of this relationship. I think it's like a mentorship to Spider-Man, whereas Iron Man was a mentorship to Peter Parker. I think it's going to play with him as a hero. I think we're going to evolve. I think it's going to have some ultimate flavor to it. I will literally talk about this for two hours, so I will let someone else because I I just need more.
5: (laughs) Oh, my God. Bloody hell, Connie! <laughs> yeah, it's like so excited. There's number plates and numbers and boats and all sorts of little, little Easter eggs, and I was like, oh my god! It had to watch it five times because there's a lot to take in. Uh, but I kind of knew that there was going to be a bit of mysteriousness, and when he actually arrives, I was like. when he does the the stuff and you see the triangles and things I was like yes yes like it was so exciting because before I couldn't really imagine I must say I couldn't really imagine Jake as Mysterio I don't know why I just Mm. couldn't really imagine it but perfect and there's been a lot of speculations to kind of because he's a villain you know as to what he's actually doing like what's his motivation here what's he up to Mm -hmm. so i'm quite looking forward to seeing i'm sure we'll have some more coming out in the next few months like little teases and things like that but all the nice things regardless of all the nerdy stuff the the nice things are like the happy and aunt May Mm -hmm. moment yeah so lovely that's so cute the suits Oh my god the suits <laughs>
0: the stealth suit
5: so the stealth suit so exciting like so in the black and red suit as well so exciting and then the Nick Fury bit. the thing i thought first was like is he the only guy that doesn't invoke spider sense did like peter not know that he was there and he's just like oh hi Fury's not like, like he's not dangerous a danger. <laughs>
4: yeah, although i like the like... idea that fury would be the only person who just be like nah
5: i don't feel like being <laughs> so, like I, I can just S- turn that off <laughs> i am samuel L. jackson first. <laughs> Super spy? Are you kidding me? Exactly. So I am like super, super, super excited. Like, and it kind of like dropped suddenly because I'm here and I've not really been looking at anything. So Mm. I was like, oh yeah, stuff is happening. But the the elementals, excellent. Are they illusion? Are they not? What's going on? So there's lots of questions that's posed. Lots of questions. What did you think? Right. So
4: the obvious questions that are raised here are sort of like how are they going to play Mysterio? Are they going to try to get the general audiences believing he's actually a hero mm-hmm. uh, or that this is a different take on him? You know, are these real threats he's facing or are they manufactured threats because he's all about showmanship and he's all mm-hmm. about illusion? Um, th- uh, it does play to some of the things you brought up when the the, the uh, Brazil trailer that none of us got to see <laughs> um, where you were like, I wonder if they're going to do a sort of brother relationship thing. And it certainly seems as if, like, they, they're, we're definitely playing with a sort of competition with another hero and whether mm-hmm. that makes him feel redundant or whether that makes him feel challenged or whether that makes him feel like it, it's going to be interesting uh i, I like the trailer a lot it, it did the the primary things i want which is sort of like look at the good thing we had going now more of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and so that speaks to especially like seeing the other members of their little cast that they put together. Seeing MJ, seeing Flash, uh like seeing his supporting cast that they've built. Uh more of Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. We live in a world of amazing Aunt Mays. Mm-hmm. Side note, Marissa Tomei is Aunt May at the same time that Lily Tomlin is Aunt May. Yeah. And like I, I, we've had the most stellar like Aunt Mays. <laughs> anyway, uh I so in that sense I don't know yet from the trailer, like, aside from Mysterio, whether this is going to be, like like a life-changing movie, but like, I don't know if I need it to be, where it's just gonna be like, we got a good thing going, he's gonna go to Europe and have some adventures and be Spider-Man. Do you want to see Tom Holland be Spider-Man? You do.
0: Yeah. I I don't need my Spider-Man to be Infinity Wars, so I like that Homecoming felt like a breath of like, ah, nostalgia in high school and the fun of being young and the not fun of being young, and this seems to capture that really well. I love the MJ relationship, I love that one little beat they have. That was really well done. Flash, the beat at the end of the trailer (laughs) where he's admiring Spider-Man and then he calls him a dickwad is exactly Flash. But what what I think is interesting is that a lot of people were thinking that Doctor Strange would appear in this movie, and what I think happens is that Mysterio sees the success of Doctor Strange, sees that people accept Doctor Strange, and formulates his uh, imagery and the special effects to look like the magic that the world has already seen. So I mm. think the reason we see those symbols that are familiar is that he's got his helmet off. He's bragging. He is trying to be a showman. I think the way that he gets the world to accept that these things are reality is modeling himself after Doctor Strange. It's not a coincidence that he's got Thor plus Doctor Strange tossed around in the trailer. Then he I, looks
4: like a like he did a branding mashup <laughs> thing where he's like, I'll take that and that and that and they will love
0: me. And <laughs> I think that's really clever. Take a Mysterio because a, just a special effects guy in the comics worked in the 60s, but. If you've got real-life heroes running around, you model yourself. Now after he's those a cosplay heroes. guy. Now, now he's a, a professional <laughs>
1: cosplayer with magic.
0: I mean,
4: now I mean, he's going to be the world's most successful, like cosplay <laughs> infiltrate, like take apply all those skills at the highest possible level, uh, and he's going to make his mark on the world stage. And like, just not to. I, if those of y'all who follow me on Twitter, like, there was a point yesterday where Mysterio was trending yes. worldwide.
0: It's insane. <laughs>
4: trending worldwide. And number three, I leave my things on not tailored so that it means more when, like, because it usually, so which means mostly my feed is, like, soccer things I don't understand yep. and, like, Same. reality television from other countries. But, yep. like, that means that, like, on a day where
5: Mysterio is at number three.
0: Feels real good.
5: It's unbelievable. I'm glad you flagged that because mine was like Brexit, 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 mysterious. That was like like an hour later. It it turned into yeah. I was like, yay! It was like when you said that. I was like, yeah. It's random. (laughs) How random and weird. (laughs) But again, what Marvel tend to do best is, you know, you've got if you want your space movies, you've got your space movies. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want your high school kind of fun, being a teen kind of movie, you've got this. If you want your heisty stuff, you've got Ant Man. You know, and it's quite nice to see that they're not flinging him into space or doing anything like that we're on earth you know there's a bit of a magic and illusion and things like that with mysterious tricksterness um so i kind of like that they're exploring that a little bit more instead of going let's just put everyone in space you know and i kind of like that we're exploring other worlds in marvel and i think if we keep going down the same line it's you get a bit fatigued so it still feels fresh like it feels good it's not making me go but how does it fit into endgame i kind of didn't even think like that i just was like i accept this for what it is
4: i do want to comment just a little bit because uh, you are we are all going to see a bit of this going around because anytime a lot of people agree on something people who don't agree feel left out and uh that mm-hmm. is causing you know you people are going to make jokes about like gee this ruins the suspense and like let people make jokes if it makes them feel good that's like they're, fine the world will keep spinning yes yeah, but it is weird like And and I agree that it would have been cool. We we know, I think, from some behind-the-scenes stuff that, like, Kevin Feige would have liked to not have a Spider-Man movie this year, but next year, so that just sort of artistically speaking, Mm -hmm. we could avoid seeing images that remind us of, like, how this is likely to all go down. But it isn't as if there's really, to me, tension on these questions, not just because we know they got sequels already, but because, remember, at the end of Infinity War, and I guess spoilers for Infinity War, but, like, it's not just our beloved heroes that went away. It's half the population of the universe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so of course they're going to fix it the question is not whether, but how. Mm-hmm. And that is a thing that pretty much we are all clear on. As, as sweet and lovely as it is that there were kids who were like, what is happening? Uh, and, and as much as we all respect the fact that when we first encountered storytelling tropes like this, it's heartbreaking and it has that power. It is not as if they are like, don't come at me with your takes of like, oh, it means nothing because they brought that back. Because they weren't going to leave the earth with three and a half billion people dead. That was just not like... I mean, maybe I. I if they do, please play this footage at me, and I will be like, I'm crying forever. You did what? But yeah, So, so that's my sort of response. Like, let
5: people make their jokes. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like, but come on, Look, it's not. All I've got to say is this, nerds listening out there, we lo- and we love you lots, but let's feel like free to come up with theories and fun things and speculate but we're living in good times mm. we've got like Spider-Man, Avengers like Captain Marvel <laughs> we've got <laughs> all the DC stuff as well, this is good times. Aquaman made a billion dollars. Uh, we'll know. get to that very this soon gonna, it's I'm, a good time. A I was a 10 year old now, like, my head would have exploded like, <laughs> I'm so
0: jealous so of being a kid right now I'm so jealous. This year alone, Samuel Jackson's in Glass, Spider-Man Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame this year alone. So I <laughs> to to close out on Spider-Man because we do have a lot of news to talk about I was also very impressed by the fact that it felt both friendly neighborhood and globetrotty Mm -hmm. them going on a field trip didn't put me in that like Michael Bay fatigue where I was like oh it's gonna be a big movie I want this to stay small and I think they did that really cleverly by reminding us how much we love the supporting cast they even brought back the guy that ran the store that Peter shopped at to remind (laughs) us how much of a friendly neighborhood guy he is that's what I really think worked for the first movie there was a churro scene that sort of thing is what's gonna ground this movie and keep it fresh keep it separate. And I. I think this trailer was able to go this is what you liked about it this is where the world expands you have questions we're not going to give you answers here's Mysterio and I really like that <laughs> and that's all I wanted the trailer to be it was what I like trailers to be it reminded me what I loved. didn't give away too much and gave me bull cut Jake Gyllenhaal
5: <laughs> um, yay! yay oh my god like random applause <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I, somebody tweeted me uh, yesterday just before we move on and said, "God, London really gets a lot of," feel. and I was like, "Yeah, like London, I feel really bad for London." Like <laughs> Thor, Thor too, yeah, like yeah, we've got all like it's like, "Oh, where shall we attack? Let's attack London." And all of the specifically London places, very near my house. I'm very concerned for my cat right now. <laughs> so anyway, we'll move on. Let's no, move on. <laughs>
4: see, I wonder if there's a connection. Every time we fly here, we get a trailer. But like while you're yeah. gone, the attacks on London are going to come.
5: The comic book attacks. Uh, they need me there they need me there it's (laughs) cool it's fine Mac the cat I'll be back soon
0: (laughs) (laughs) and also uh, while we're still on it uh, the the way it parallels between Ditko and modern comics is brilliant Dan Slott with Mr. Negative and the charity that Aunt May Mm -hmm. helps run all those things that's the beginning of the trailer then he looks exactly like Steve Ditko's Mysterio the balance is really impressive John Watts hell of a guy I don't know how you're building this world thank you Kevin Feige Tom Holland everyone that's involved in this movie you're doing it so thank you (laughs) Uh, speaking of the crazy world of Kevin Feige and Disney and lots of very you very, very smart people. Disney Plus has some rumors. Things are moving along with Disney Plus. We've got a bunch of shows that are rumored to be going forward. We know pretty much Loki is coming out soon. We know Scarlet Witch and Vision. But
4: this and we week... got some solid news on that one. Yes. Uh, which was the, maybe what you were about to say. But I got excited <laughs> because Jack Schaefer who uh, is one of the screenwriters on Captain Marvel, has just been... Uh, Grabbed up as the showrunner for Scarlet Witch and Vision, uh, so that that's exciting to me because like a talent commitment is. It, I I've been. T- I'm gonna just pitch this on air. But we need our own <laughs> graphic that's like shades of green so we can keep track of like how close to actually happening is this thing. I like that. Um, and for me, there's like the rumor phase, and then there's the oh somebody's working on it, and we have one of those for I think the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. uh, uh, Falcon road trippy. Uh, series, but this is our first like solid commitment that tells us, like, oh, the Scarlet Witch Vision thing is happening, and Jack Schaefer, uh, author of a blacklist script from a few years ago that was hilarious, by the way, uh, like an action comedy, so I'm very curious what she brought to Captain Marvel, which had a lot of writers on it, um, but clearly she had a good relationship with Disney, because now she's running
0: Scarlet Witch Vision,
4: and we got more rumors uh, in addition to the Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch Vision series.
0: Now, the newest rumors that I'm intrigued by are the Rocket and Groot potential buddy cop situation because I love me some buddy cop and I think that we can't have too much buddy cop. I very much want Falcon Winter, Falcon Winter Soldier buddy cop, but more. And then to me, one of the highlights of Thor was before we had Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, I was like, man, how do they do Wonder Woman? And then Lady Sif came out and I was like, the world's ready for Wonder Woman. I love
4: it. always was,
0: but yes. I, I didn't know if the costume would translate. <laughs> I didn't know if those things would, would go over well. And then Lady Sif was incredible. It makes the a big show difference every to scene.
4: see like, oh, it looks like that.
0: Yeah, oh, look, k- they did it. Go forward. And Lady Sif to me stole a lot of scenes she was in. She was always a really interesting. She always, As Guardians were over here, and she was always over here. And I was like, can we go over there maybe? Mm-hmm. So when she didn't get visually dusted, and we heard that she was gone, I was like, you're really gonna just not? So I'm really excited to hear that she's here. And you'll also notice that everyone in this Disney Plus has at least one cast member that was dusted.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Loki's dead. Bucky dusted. Theoretically Lady Sif was dusted, we found out verbally. All of these shows, I don't know, I'm just saying. Do
4: they take place in the alternate, like, are they all Soul World shows? I'm
0: curious, it's a very... If
4: Disney Plus is Soul World, and Can they're just you having imagine? adventures, Because, um, uh, well, except that we, there's also, like, there's a rumor about Gamora Nebula, right? Mm-hmm. And you said at least one, so I guess that's the...
0: That's the thing, and Bucky and Winter Soldier, because like... Falcon didn't get dusted, but mm-hmm. Bucky did. Now, Nick Fury is also a rumored show, you may remember, he got dusted. Uh, it's a very consistent through-line of the characters that it did and didn't go. So I'm just curious.
4: It's also, I mean, it could be accidentally consistent because as we've noted, like Half of most <laughs> of the like secondary generation of characters are who got hit by that and they're the people most likely to have these TV deals. But it would be very interesting if they can make some hay with that or make, build some connective tissue out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Or soft reboot the universe through this because you've got eight hours of content instead of two. And And you can focus on one character instead of many.
4: We also have a wild rumor that uh, Loki may not be the version we know, that it may be narrated by Tom Hiddleston. And comic book fans immediately went shouting to our feet because there are a lot
5: of versions of Loki that we would be excited about. Do you have a favorite? No, I don't. Loki's one of those uh, characters that I'm not that familiar with in the comic books Mm. at all. But I love him in the films. Yeah, I think he's absolutely amazing. But I actually quite... I think it'd be quite interesting to go back and look at Loki in the past Mm. and have him because we've seen a lot of Tom Hiddleston and I, uh, like... I, they, they keep bringing him back because he's a fan favourite and I get it, but I kind of want to see another shade and another side of Loki in film. So, when, and he said that, you know, Loki's a great character and you need a bit of chaos, you know, you need that kind of like yin and yang kind of thing and he's, he's a grey area character, which always makes for interesting uh, interesting writing, but I'm quite interested to go back to Asgard from the past and kind of see what he was up to, maybe young Thor, uh, young Loki, maybe young some... Young Thor is always a good time. Young Thor is just yeah. even more a meathead yeah exactly <laughs> and kind of having that because you've got that meatheadness and then having loki that's so so different I just could... gothteen yeah in asgard <laughs> yeah, just being teen. like uh, like jock you're meathead. not my real dad
1: <laughs> totally
5: i'm really, really excited for that and lady sif i like when you said earlier i'm like i was really disappointed actually that through the thor films and through the universe I've, we've just not seen her like because she was really 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 great and apparently
4: ragnarok was a scheduling conflict because she's been a regular on a tv show for several years which is awesome, except we need our Lady Sif. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes
5: sense, because she's been a regular on TV show, that she would, this seems right for her. Mm. I'm not sure it would be right to kind of shoehorn her in too much into the films at this point, but like there was a rumour that she's going to be teaming up with Beta Ray Bill possibly that would
4: be Oh, I would amazing. love that As everybody's been clamoring
0: all. for that that's that's been the dream for a long time
4: yes. i am gonna i'm gonna sh- point people in the direction if you are curious about other versions of loki uh i mean first of all loki has canonically been a woman uh mm-hmm. the internet would probably riot but you'd get over it yeah. um uh that's just part of that's what loki do uh there's also <laughs> a wonderful storyline from the last couple years in the comics because you have two different options if you want a younger loki you can go to the past or you can carry it post-traumatic things happening to Loki, Mm -hmm. um, because they did a wonderful story through Journey into Mystery, through Young Avengers, uh, from the last couple years, about Kid Loki, where essentially, spoilers for a crossover, most of y'all haven't read, uh, Loki unfortunately passed away at one point, and because he's a god, came back, but as a kid, and then there was this wonderful tension of, like, can the kid be saved? Will he grow up into the same? There's been variations on this with different comic book characters, but Loki was one of the most fun ones of those because that's always been his vibe. Uh, and you also can't be mad at a 10-year-old for the things that his immortal self did before. Uh, and I don't know that they'll go down that road, partly because you want Thor around to struggle with that. And I don't know how much Thor they can afford on their TV show.
0: Like, I don't yeah, know yeah.
4: exactly how that works. Um, but, that, that's one reason I think that if you saw a lot of people being like, Kid Loki! That is a specific kid from a specific, uh, storyline that is much loved. Check it out.
0: I also think it's interesting beyond just Loki that all of these have the same thing that movies do where they are different styles. Um, Groot and Rocket is a space opera, but Buddy Cop, whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier is Buddy Cop, very grounded. So even though those two things can seem similar, they're very different and out there. Lady Sif is going to be Asgardian. It's going to be more Shakespearean. going to be very out there. Nick Fury, we could have a full-on espionage show, which could tie into Black Widow's espionage movie. You could have that flavor start to take hold, because we've had a lot of genres in this this universe, but we haven't really had a spy movie. We've had Winter Soldier, which was like a 70s uh, suspense thriller spy movie, but we haven't had the, the gritty... I'm, like and Black Widow is coming Black, No but that's what I'm saying Black Widow is going to be The first of that And I feel like that Nick Fury could also be In that genre We haven't fully seen yet yeah. So I'm excited for The six that we've had rumored To be very different Kinds of movies I'm excited to keep Learning these lessons That even the eight hour formats Are going to be very different From each other And all of these I would watch So they have Once again my money So does the DC Universe <laughs> app So it's a lot of It's like getting cable again Although Just throwing money at the TV It
4: is like At some point we had to Deal with like How is the superhero And comic book adaptation Landscape going to be changed by like the incoming bundling wars or whatever is going to happen here. Yeah. As Netflix gets more expensive while cutting down on what it offers but still having stuff we can't live without. And we have DC Universe and we have Disney Plus and we have whatever Warner's just going to roll out. Right. And we've got like Hulu and friggin' sci fi. And
0: Universal might be doing one as well.
5: And like, what?
0: We're back to cable, you guys.
5: Yeah, what do you guys think? Because I was having a conversation with someone the other day about this, and it's, uh, you know, because I can't get the DC Universe stuff. Which I think is tragic. Yeah, it's really, it's crap. Like, it's really crap. Like, because I want to see it, and then I'd have to go and look at it illegally. I don't want to do that. I want to have the app, you know? And I'm hoping that Disney Plus. It will be available in the UK and other territories. But for me, like now we live in times where everything's streamlined. You've got from Spotify and music and things like that to Netflix and Amazon and stuff. But I don't want all the things to branch off. I'm really excited. Don't get me wrong, but Disney Plus and everything happening. But then I'm like, oh, can you not just bring it into the one thing, you know? like I don't know how you guys feel about that with it all branching out.
0: Uh, I think that it's not going to be an option because of the amount of legal and the amount of money and like where things are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to point out that my brain was thinking of Rocket and Groot and one of them not getting dusted, Falcon and Bucky both got dusted because I thought, who's going to pick up Cap shield? And so Falcon and Bucky both work in that Soul Universe concept. I think that could be actually mm-hmm. where these go. So the only one that doesn't follow that is Rocket. So that's interesting. Everyone else, like of the six major stories, is dead or dusted, which is fascinating to me. According to canon. So, uh, back, to, back, to, back to my brain is bouncing between like bundling wars were, and dusting.
5: You were looking at me as I was talking and you were thinking,
0: the dusted, the dusted, the, dust <laughs> the snapping. <in. laughs> Who got it? Who didn't? Uh, so, it, it's, a really, it's interesting because we're going into a, a time when mm-hmm. we're theorizing so much. There was a time not even two years ago when we kind of knew the format of where everything was going. Yeah. We kind of could spell out I, everything leading up to Infinity it. War now. I
4: love not knowing yeah me like, too i know i know it is yep. it is our job on the show to keep track of all the rumors and all of that but like Ever since the what was it was it like 2014 or 2013 when they did the big presentation laying out phase three yeah um, and we did
0: that because it spelled every I, I was like oh see but that was like the were. most joyous day
4: <laughs> it was like an unforgettably cool day Remember the serpent society mislead civil like, war it was ah uh, it, it was a it was beautiful I, but I I will say like I love this not knowing
0: it was like knowing mm-hmm. all of your Christmas and birthday presents for the next three years and I would rather have <laughs> surprises so I'm I'm glad we're back to surprise land where I get to open presents and be like, "Ha Disney Plus is a big surprise. And I'm really excited to see where it goes forward. And speaking of the landscape of comic books and TV shows changing, Deadly Class is out today. We've seen the pilot. I want to talk about the pilot. Claire's seen the pilot. Is this a show, you guys have sci-fi? Yes, Over we the do. pond. Yeah. So this is a show you can watch. So without... this is a
5: show I can watch. Uh, yeah, because we have sci-fi. Also, so... sci-fi was rad enough to put that first episode out
4: uh, last month, so you've all had a chance to get hyped. It's really,
5: really good. It's really well done, and the because I'm a b- big music nerd. The thing that I sort of picked out the most because it's the set in the '80s, you know. I quite like that sort of dark alternative '80s vibe, like Echo and the Bunny Men, and then like they played tracks from my favourite Cure album, Faith, and I was like, ooh. ooh. And Henry Rollins is in this.
0: Henry <laughs> Rollins, <laughs> thank, thank you. Yes. How
5: alternative '80s can you get? And he's so great. But I thought the characters, the way that they developed the story, like that, it was fascinating. It was great it was it was violent it was interesting it was dark uh, very moody i'm super excited for this so if you've not seen it go get it go watch it right now not not now but after this go watch it now. so what do <laughs> you guys think
0: uh henry Rollins' snape is the most inspired casting ever uh the moment when i saw his name in the opening credits i was like wait wait wait, wait, wait. and then when he was snape i couldn't begin to hang yeah. the show does a really interesting capture of indie comics it feels like an indie comic in a way that i didn't expect it to in the frames in the depth of field in the wardrobe in the music in the acting stylings there's so much that lends itself to indie stylings that even when they mention this is an indie comic it's better it doesn't feel too tongue-in-cheek although although
4: look i loved it i loved that conversation (laughs) But Kid is living on the streets. Who is buying him Flaming Carrot and, and American flag?
0: I It's okay because it's it got people to talk about Flaming Carrot again.
4: I know. And I, I, it was just like, it was like, oh,
0: okay. On a major network television show, two lead characters okay, well, were I in guess. a car yelling about Claremont and Byrne. I'm just yeah. saying. Claremont yeah. and Byrne were yelled at each other and I didn't, my brain couldn't hang. So I also really like that it feels... Aggressive in its pacing but it doesn't feel like it's rushing. I like that it has a pace that is violent because the characters are violent. I like that it has a darkness that doesn't seem gritty. It is the comic to me and it also feels very indie. I don't want everything to be shiny. I don't want every movie to look the same. I don't want every show to read the same. I was really impressed by the pilot. I also like the cast feeling like they don't like each other. Like it's, it's the opposite of Runaways where you're like man these guys all get along <laughs> yeah. and then this cast is like do these actors tolerate each other? On they seem to hate each other <laughs> and, then that, and that's a compliment to the acting because every time there's a scene the tension feels real and I like that the kids are actually kids none of these feel like the CW from 1990 we were are like are you 45 bro mm. uh, <laughs> so we do about Luke Perry situation they, they fixed it but that was yeah. a time so I, I was really impressed I dug this up
4: I will say like the the thing that jumped out at me watching this is that and I've only read the first volume of the deadly class comics but it is wildly faithful to the tone and spirit of the comic and because i i want to say like a nearly unprecedented model for tv making Mm -hmm. rick remender is the showrunner um who created the comics with wes craig uh and has been running them for the last several years uh and there have been times where creators are involved in things before but first of all like Those skill sets don't always transfer. Mm -hmm. They're very different jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so he's he's basically like, if George R. R. Martin was one of Benioff and Weiss, and they were just doing this, like it's it is fascinating to watch. And in that sense, it's it's got all of the stuff like. You know that I usually love like a lot of heart in things. and I'm so st- so with deadly class, I'm in more for like the stylishness of it and the mm-hmm. charisma of everybody involved. Um, I'm excited to watch and see like as they get to sort of develop a little more out of their types. Uh, sure. but, it, but it's also like they've assembled such a compelling cast like I, Benedict Wong I just love Yeah, he's just great um, look up interviews with Benedict Wong uh, I love his accent I know that's just like an American thing but like <laughs> his accent <laughs> is so cool um, his like actual accent that he speaks with but he's talked about coming from like basically right by where the Smiths come from and being like oh we're doing 80s subculture I remember this yeah. this is what I grew up with yeah. Um, yeah. and it's weird like he's like now I'm the grown up in the room but like we're doing Doing that. Um, so it is It's very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about this when we get to the comic segment, but Remender has talked a lot about the ways that this is inspired by his experiences. He did not, as far as I know, go to murder school. Yeah, I don't think he did, but who knows? But uh, he is from, a, you know, of a, a Phoenix at a scary time, apparently. Tom and King, CIA,
0: Rick murder school. Nothing surprises <laughs> me anymore. Comic people are just the boldest, best of us.
4: Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes. Uh, very uh, like happy with this 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 cast uh, and and just just fascinated to see like i want to know more about how this came about how the Russos got on board how they got approval for reminder to be so heavily involved how that is really working behind the scenes um because it's it uh, like uh, just astonishingly faithful
0: what i'm curious about is this influence on the future of comic books i'm always looking at '08 iron man changed comics 2018 the spider-man game changed that this feels like uh, I say revolution versus evolution. This doesn't feel like a revolution. It feels like an evolution. This I'm is curious. The, this
4: is the next thing. This an umbrella academy. This they feel year like evolutions. Are like what? here's what's coming. Mm-hmm. Is the the indies got more organized? Um, a lot of folks who used to like it used to be that you were typically either an indie creator or a major creator. Um, there were periods in the '80s where uh, like major creators went off and did creator-owned stuff, but it tended it, they had more trouble getting it traction. Uh, And this is, like, we've been saying it on this show for years, like, look out for Rick Remender. Look out for these things that he's doing because they're going to get adapted. But what I didn't expect was that he would actually be involved making it happen.
0: And I think the shows like Preacher and things like The Boys coming out and all of these indies that are blockbuster indies is really going to translate with audiences especially audiences that are are sick of superheroes. A lot of people that have this superhero bubble concept. A lot of people that think, oh everything's the same. This will be the antidote to that in yeah. my experience well, where the indie worlds can be grittier. They can tell different stories. Spider-Man does not belong in this universe and never could. And I feel the same way about uh, Umbrella Academy where we're getting to experience... Un- Academy looks a lot closer to X-Men than in my experience we've had X-Men yet. Legion, I think, is the most accurate X-Men we've had, but that's one dude. I want an X-Men show, and I like that there's team shows that feel independent, that can lead to studios having faith in trusting the bolder choices. Them trusting recommender is a bolder choice from a money standpoint. So that could lead to very authentic comic book properties that wouldn't see the light of day if not for things like this. So Deadly Class, I think, is a great step. Umbrella Academy is going to be another great step. I'm excited to see the indie comic world grow and grow.
5: Oh, okay, yeah, same. I grew up more I came from an indie, it was Marvel and an indie uh, comic standpoint. I'm, you know what? I'm just dying for David Cronenberg to direct something made by Charles Burns. That's oh basically God. what I want. That's what I want. You heard it. <laughs> so can someone make that happen, please? Because that would be incredible and amazing because like, oh I love God. Charles Burns. But I kind of want really, like, amazingly weird indie comic to kind of come out before, and so yeah, you're right, hopefully. This is a step. They're going to see that. And it it shows it's like, yeah, you're right about the superhero fatigue. My husband loves the Marvel and DC stuff, but it's not his thing mm-hmm. you know um he likes horror and things like that and so when weird things happen he's he's more likely to go i'm gonna buy into that instead mm-hmm. yeah because I'm, I'm not into all the spandex and the colors and that's great so something for everyone in pop culture like comics although i do love
4: that deadly class proves we can have uh greeniness and colors at the same time <laughs> yes <laughs> that thing is neon yeah it is beautiful
0: yes i also liked in the first episode where we were seeing all these characters and i was like you know they're kids i want to see you. and then james wong came on and i'm like Uh, He will kill people. Ben Aguang, Ben thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I, I can see that man having done some stuff, and the, <laughs> the level of gravitas he carries around. And Henry Rollins, obviously, I think has killed people. So I, there's <laughs> yeah. there's definitely a layer of these casting was perfect for this type of show, and they really landed that for me. So I hope that going forward with these indie books, they keep casting so appropriately. Uh, what do you think about the choice of where the and like without giving away spoilers? What do you think about where it landed with the reveals of certain characters? The the two twists.
4: I'm, I'm, I'm in a wait-and-see place. Okay. Uh, because I it was interesting, like, having recently just been, like, comparing it very closely with, like, I, I keep praising its faithfulness, but the faithfulness is to the, the tone and the bones of the story. They've made some mm-hmm. intriguing changes, um, yeah. and I'm very curious to see how those are all going to land mm-hmm. uh, as they carry the story forward, because they do. They have a cast... That closely resembles like their comic book counterparts, but they are playing some twists. They are playing some unexpected turns there.
0: And I, speaking of the cast, Dorian, our own Dorian Parks, spoke to many of the castmates at a junket. He got to sit down with Benjamin Wadsworth, Maria Gabriella de Feria, uh, Liam James, Michael Duvell, Luke Tennis on Collider Quick. You can watch all that right now. Now, we've been talking about how great this cast is, how authentic they are to the roles, how much we appreciate them casting accurately, which leads us into. Being joined by the one, the only, Taylor Hickson is with us today. She plays oh, Petra. Welcome! nice to meet you. Thanks, Welcome. For, awesome Thanks for having me.
3: Hi. Are you having a, a, how's your day today? It's it's busy. It's busy because the show comes out tonight. <laughs> so congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very busy.
0: <laughs> so you were the first cast member where I saw you cast and then I saw you appear on screen and I didn't believe it. <laughs> You are so authentically in that role. Your costume, your makeup, everything is so much. I was like, that's not the person I was told.
3: Incredible, isn't it?
0: And you carry yourself so differently. Like, when you walked in the room just now, I was like, no, no, that's Taylor Hickson. (laughs) That's Petra.
3: (laughs) What was it like
0: the first time you
3: fully became her? Well, we did a lot of experimenting. So, um... There's an earlier shot on Instagram that has me with like this very Susie Sue aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that was kind of what we were aiming for, but we felt it didn't match the comic uh, quite like as true. So we we played around with some wigs, and um, this is kind of what we came up with, and we felt it it did match the comic much much more. What has this journey been like for you? Uh, well, finding this character was a little tricky. We uh, played around with her during the pilot for. At least a week every day, and exercising different things and we're like it's not it, it's not it we're missing something and Lee our director said, "I want you to go home and watch the 90s cartoon Daria <laughs> <laughs> and that is the essence that I we brought to to Petra just yes. very this tonally flat monotonous he hates everything mainstream vivid in her life but <laughs> not sharing it with the rest of us no very broody and introspective and yeah she's she's super fun to play and no one um Everyone treats me different. Um, Sean said he said there's three three of you. He said there's Petra on camera, mm-hmm. and he's like you just don't you just don't interact with her. You just leave her alone. <laughs> he's like and then there's Taylor in her Petra attire, which is super strange. He's like I don't I don't quite know how to communicate. <laughs> he's like and then there's Taylor, super bubbly and and blonde. So he's like, yeah, I have to, I have to treat all three of you different. I feel.
0: <laughs> now that first rooftop introduction scene, uh, the first time we got to fully flesh out the character mm. and like see her grow and all of those things, what was it like working opposite this cast? Because you guys all kind of like land on the roof. There's this very like visual of the different cast members <laughs> lining up, and I really liked because it felt like a comic. I can see the panels in it. I can almost see the speech bubbles. When you were framing that scene out, when you were like diving into your character, what was that first introduction like for her?
3: Uh, I had to Google a lot of the words because I didn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> the only thing I understood was about John Hughes. And uh, yeah, I, I had to <laughs> ask Rick a lot about that and he had to explain everything in depth. But um, so yeah, we, we, we all have a lot of... Um, like 80s jargon, right? Yeah. So we were always googling things, like what does this mean, Rick? What does this mean? And he would just be laughing. Um, but yeah, so a lot of us would be tripping up our words. So that was that was an interesting first week, and all um, kind of so find So that's where, where we you think.
4: all started there. We all started there. Ah. That was our that was our first scene. That's yeah. so perfect because it is the first scene of the characters kind of finding each other, yeah. and it's echoed straight from the comics. Yes. Uh, I'm very curious because we we love comic book inspired things we're out there trying to tell people all the time like that there's more than just we love superheroes but that there's so much other great stuff going on
3: what was it like working with the co-creator of the comic on the show it was incredible i actually think he's clinically insane he (laughs) doesn't eat he doesn't eat he doesn't sleep And he's just full, so full of energy. You're like, there's like drugs or something going on. Like I don't know, this has got, no. magic, probably. Yeah, magic. Like, magic. a lot of caffeine. <laughs> but no, he's just—it's—he's working off a of pure adrenaline because it's just what he loves so much. This is his child, and he—he, he like oversees everything, writes everything, and and it's—I don't know. He just blows me away, and it's—he's such a refreshing energy to have on set. He's not Hollywood, and and any, any way, shape or form. He's just, yeah, he's just so grounded and it's incredible to have the kind of creative freedom that you get working with him.
0: What I find most interesting is this generation of actors on this show are more removed in the '80s than ever. So knowing the jargon, learning all those things. Well so you're, done, you are pulling so you're, it off. Yeah, the '80s. <laughs> the show feels authentically '80s, which I really appreciate because I'm not. Yes. A, I was born in '88, but I love the '80s culture, like yes. Top Gun and that world. It's lethal Weapon is my my jam. <laughs> but this really lands that flavor. But you guys are removed from that, and you're also, I assume and hope, removed from killing people. But everyone feels authentically dark and authentically 80s. Yes. What was your process diving into both the culture and the concept of being okay with murder?
3: So, um, you know, we did we did do a lot of character research in, in terms of, you know, why these people are antiheroes, why they are the way they are. Because so many comics do focus on building, you know, superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we wanted to thoroughly understand where antiheroes come from. And that's kind of what birth this series, but also, um, just, yeah, watching, watching, we, we, we always got these playlists like every week. Mm-hmm. And so watching all this come together and we, we got to have a say in building our eighties attire. And, um, you know, we all kind of had these mood boards and people that we were pulling from. So Susie Sue was a big poster girl <laughs> for <from> mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no guessing there. But, um, so yeah, we got, we got to put all these different influences. And so we learned a lot about eighties culture and having my mom <laughs> to <tune, laughs> sort of tune in on that was great. Cause she would have been 17 in 1987. Oh, so it was perfect. Oh, yeah. So she special. was like, this is authentic and, and this is, um, this is correct. And she was like, this is like, there's not so much. And she, yeah, so she would give me her input there. But, um, Rick was very adamant and it was, it was very important to him that we didn't come off tacky or try hard and that we were authentically true to the eighties.
0: It, it plays now. The murder.
3: What? What? What
0: is? How do you rationalize character choices like that, where the inherent anti-hero you were describing, the inherent violence of the mm-hmm. type of role? Is there anything where you have a, a coping mechanism to get out of it? Where I know a lot of people when they're playing such darkness, mm-hmm. they need to remove themselves. Is the set light and fluffy, or are you guys all like, well be we killed?
3: <laughs> it is. It is very playful. I think um, it's it's because of the dark content. We we try to remind ourselves that these are kids. You know they they are more and more becoming desensitized to this kind of violence and stuff and it's it's a huge thing that we're trying to convey is um good people trying to remain moral in such an awfully fundamental place you know mm-hmm. um, um, we we did you know we we did a lot of exercises and stuff trying to get to and from and and yeah a lot of character research and sort of uh, like psychoanalysis of this but everyone does things in their life that they're not proud of regardless of, of motivation and um so a big thing is, is pr- protecting yourself and um doing things for people you love and trying to feel a place of belonging because none of these people have a place where they feel they belong
0: it plays it translates
4: what are you most <laughs> excited for us to kind of discover about petra
3: as we go forward in the show She's not as flat as she seems and monotonous. She does have a heart, but she also, it's so important that she looks out for herself and she will do anything and everything to get it. But um, I think she's afraid to, to show feelings. She's afraid to, to have that kind of vulnerability because Petra was raised in a death cult. She was always looking after herself. She, she, was, she raised herself. Um, so it's no surprise that she, she doesn't let anyone in. You know, she's always just looked after herself, and that was her only responsibility. So, um, seeing some heart in her, um... And then seeing some other sides of her, I think, I think she's going to be a real real heartbreaker to some of the audience, <laughs> some of the stuff she does.
0: It's a really hard character to translate because like the, the girl with the dragon tattoo type character can yes. be so flat. So it's, it's a true. testament to you and the writers that this character feels like someone you can follow and not be like, well, she's going to like black. So yeah. it really does land.
3: In, in earlier episodes, I think they did a really great job of of making the audience love her because you know yeah she is she's a hard character to to sort of warm up to <laughs> yeah. and i even found that trouble myself um so they they did a great character a great job making the character um making you sympathize with the character yeah. and um you i think you fall in love with her and you fall in love with uh, her relationship between her and billy um which is i think what i'm most excited for our audience to to sort of see.
0: So I could talk acting process all day, but we have a limit to the show. So my last question is completely removed. <laughs> it's purely selfish. How cool is Henry Rollins?
3: Oh my God. <laughs> he's such a great storyteller. So yeah, being, being because Petra is his star student in mm-hmm. and Poison 101, I definitely had to pick his brain. But he has <laughs> so many stories. He's so fascinating and, and so funny and just intricate. And he, I don't know. He's very mysterious. He's very mysterious. But um just a warm person overall he's not completely unapproachable as i would thought think he would be because he's he's henry rollins yeah. so um no he's he was an incredible energy to have on set
0: he travels the world speaking and like he's black flat it's, it's he's a fascinating human and seeing him pop up so definitely gave stories. that stories credibility and it, it's a fascinating person to see on screen so i feel like he fits this world and that's amazing because of how bold this world is i
3: can't believe the people he's met and what what he's been through in one lifetime it's like he's such an incredible human being and and just he's so grounded and just so human which is like it was like if i'd been through these things i'd have ptsd or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's he's very very interesting so fascinating
0: it's three hours of him talking it's yeah no amazing.
3: yeah it's he's just so engaging he, he opens his mouth and you're like. <laughs> It's true. It's, he's, he's, if you ever get him on this show, <laughs> you'll see. You'll see me swoon and just fall.
4: Over. Yeah, just fall. Over. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining, thank me. congratulations. For me. Thank you on like being part of the deadly class. <laughs> thank you so much. Like, well, like last question for me: mm-hmm. What,
3: when, when this script came across? What was it that you were like? Yes, this. Why this? So I was one of the first casts put in place. It was myself and Siobhan, and uh, I was cast off of one self tape. Um, and I think it was actually originally for Brandy. And they were like, nope, not her. <laughs> um, but they, yeah. And then they ended up casting me for Petra. But um, I asked Miles, I was like, why didn't you do any further? You know, I, I had no auditioning for Petra. And he's like, we, we found someone who who did well in our audition. We said, she's good. Let's hire her. I was like, okay, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) Sometimes it's that easy. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, Rick and I just really liked what you had going on. And, And so we, we took a jump and, and took you on. And when my agent and I booked this, it was the first thing that I had booked all year. I did a movie previous, but I had, I had an incident where I, I got a scar on my face. And so I had to take a lot of time off to heal. And, um, so Giant Little Ones was kind of the first thing that I did that whole year, but I had booked it before. So it was they were the first project to take me on. Postcar, yeah. So that, that was really special to me, but we we didn't understand the caliber of this project. <laughs> we we're just like, Oh, it's a little pilot, like she'll maybe be in like two, three episodes. We mm-hmm. can just like knock this off before the end of the year. I was like, Oh yeah, cool. And then yeah, when we get a call for season one, they're like, Yeah. So Anthony and Joe Russo and this, <laughs> talking like um, seeing if we can get on Netflix, like all this stuff, and I was like, Oh, okay. And my agent's like so I kind of knew some of this stuff. I just didn't want to psych <laughs> you out. Just,
0: it's a good agent.
3: Like, it's yeah. It's no big deal. Just put yourself on tape. It'll be fun. Yeah. He's like, no, it's great. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, it's it was it, it was an incredible journey getting to where we are.
0: Congrats, especially off of self tape. Congrats on this being huge. <laughs> this yeah. is such an explosion. It's a beautiful role, and you are nailing a very hard character. So congrats.
3: <laughs> we we all are. They're all so so intricate. It'll be really fun to see how. Yeah. Everyone, what everyone thinks of the show.
0: So, internet watch Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. It is on Sci-Fi. It is right now. It is so good. Congratulations. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you
3: for having me. You guys are
0: lovely. Petra is an amazing character. The show is fantastic. <laughs> it's dense. There's so much in it. But we also have more news today. We have minor mutations to dive into. So we're going to talk about magic comic things that happened this week on the smaller scale. The first one is not small scale. It's not scale. small scale. It is the most. We just scale. had so much are news. You freaking kidding I'm going to let you handle it. A billion
4: dollars aquaman has made a billion dollars With a we're gonna talk about B. it
0: With a, B. A, a billion dollars congratulations to aquaman congresswoman references watchman <laughs> yeah. a, a, a we'll talk about her but she said some cool stuff it was one of my favorite tweets of all time i am ready Accurately to dive in.
4: references that's the crazy part uh we have stanley's last animated cameo uh Aired this week. Uh, it was in the Black Panther animated series and it was speaking out against intolerance. Uh, very, very much in Stanley's own tradition and very, very moving.
0: And speaking of Black Panther, Black Panther and Spider Verse both cleaned up at the Rotten Tomatoes and Critics' Choice Awards, respectively. Award season is upon, is upon us and things are getting noticed that you like.
4: Uh, Speaking of noticing things that we like, this isn't a news story, but I wanted to put it on there because I hope none of y'all missed Guillermo del Toro praising the heck out of James Mangold's Logan in a really beautiful, eloquent Twitter thread about the art that he admires there.
0: And this story I literally counted out to make sure I got because my boy Sterling K. Brown, <laughs> one of my favorite actors of all time, auditioned for M'Baku before he ended up playing the role he did in Black Panther, so I'm excited to talk about that. Also, watch everything Sterling K. Brown is in.
4: Yeah, good advice. We got some new images this week for Shazam! A confrontation with Dr. Savannah right there as we uh, do the countdown towards that other Captain Marvel movie.
0: And in the world of keeping an eye on every analytic, I love this one because Fandango's first day pre sales charts has Captain Marvel in the record books as number three. It is tracking very well. I'm excited to see that develop.
4: (laughs) We got a new trailer for Punisher Season 2, which is almost upon us since last week's show.
0: And... We have Arrow moving to a new time. It'll be at 9 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. And I still think he might die in crisis. Okay, so Claire of this <laughs> swarm of news, what excites you most? Oh my god! Well, I feel like we've, can we talk about
5: Captain Marvel more? I mean, she's so amazing. It's like it's no, it's a no-brainer that you know Captain Marvel's already tracking really, really well because basically all nerds' brains exploded as soon as that trailer hit, and then we had like more images and trailers since then. So I'm so super excited for that. The Aquaman thing intrigues me mm. because I went to the screening before it came out like it was like early December. And I went with my husband who doesn't like those movies as much, and he de- definitely doesn't, he's not a big DC movie fan. And hmm. we went, and I was like, mm-hmm, 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 and I watched through it. I thought it was okay. It was like Thor in uh, underwater, that's what I thought, and it was fun. Uh, and Paul, my husband, came out and went, that was a great romp! And he was like, <laughs> oh! he loved it, he was like, it's just a good old romp! Like, <laughs> he really enjoyed it, and I thought, right, this is gonna do, that was my marker. like, I think this is gonna do quite well, because... <laughs> The cat
0: <laughs> sorry, the, the romp broke, Paul, Amy. you
5: broke Amy. Jeez, Paul. This is, this is the so power cute. of
0: the romp. I also can hear him say it, which <laughs> it is also delightful.
5: In that glass, jazz, it was a great romp. Um, but he like, he really enjoyed it. I thought at that point, I was like, yeah, I think this is going to do quite well. I think out of the Justice League characters, obviously Wonder Woman is amazing. Mm. Uh, but Jason Momoa is great. He's just a big, a big lad, you know. And I think people kind of like, sorry, sorry we don't want to kill Amy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, She's dying here. We'll blame Jason Momoa and Paul. Um, but yeah, like it's it, that's intrigued me because that's not one of my faves. But I'm happy because I'm like Aquaman like that's amazing it's one of the only DC extended uh, universe releases to reach that amount it is as
0: of now the number two DC of all time behind only Dark Knight Rises as far as I know that might have changed since this morning I didn't check box office this morning but it passed Dark Knight let's teeth ledgers jokers Dark Knight now I have been very loud in my love (laughs) of Aquaman I really really enjoyed it I also really really enjoyed Venom and both of those movies put me on the weird end of the internet where I (laughs) I had people being like blah blah and I was like I go to the movies to enjoy a spectacle when I see a blockbuster and both those movies were spectacles and blockbusters. I think Aquaman had way more heart than people gave it credit for and I think that this box office figure shows how much that people identified with this character. I think you don't make a billion dollars by being a good movie. You make a billion dollars by having the world recognize something in themselves that they see in this world. Mm -hmm. And I think that Wakanda and Atlantis were both captured in such a way you wanted to visit them. You wanted them to be real. You wanted to identify with their inhabitants. So I think Aquaman deserves this billion. I think it's a great step for DC and I Also think I need to talk about another great set for DC. I
4: I just before we leave Aquaman, I'm I'm fascinated by this uh, because I, I, if you remember a few months ago, like I, I enjoyed watching Venom, but I remember commenting like as it started racking up the money, where I was like, I, I sort of. I sort of liked it less as it made more money because as, like, a weird little thing, I was just like, okay, but I want things to aim in a certain way, you know what I mean? I'm having the opposite thing with Aquaman where mm. the more money it makes, the more I'm like, heck yeah, you go sincere movie about reclaiming your throne. <laughs> like, I, I'm so happy for you. Like, you made an underwater fantasy kingdom and everybody bought in and that's just delightful. Yeah, I'm thrilled by it and it reminds us, like, for folks, I'm I'm always trying to tell people, like, zoom out. DC is bigger than a couple years. It is bigger than even a decade. It is, like, it has so much to offer, and a million different filmmakers are going to take cracks at it. And, like, it's now, this is this is a pattern. Like, you make a Wonder Woman, maybe two isn't enough for a pattern, but like, you make a Wonder Woman movie, you find a filmmaker who gets it, she puts it across on screen, and people show up. You make an Aquaman movie, you got a filmmaker who has a distinct vision for that, that can put it across on screen, and people show up. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to despair about any of this. Some movies <laughs> won't connect, some movies won't work, but like, you are dealing with this incredible richness of material and world and options, and we're gonna get to see more successful shots at it, and I love
0: that. Marvel's okay. at 20 I totally agree with everything said in fact Marvel's at 22 movies and by the time DC is at 6 and Marvel's at 6 DC's actually made more in the box office of their first 6 movies so it's not first 6 what no no I'm saying the DCEU I know first 6 that, versus MCU I first 6 I always an artificial I don't know I'm just okay. saying give DC the credit they deserve they're making a lot of money the movies are doing well I also think in the world of DC <laughs> Watchmen being quoted by a congresswoman <laughs> is so cool by and us. we're not going to get into politics on in this show because that is not a thing you do on the internet but i will say it is a really cool moment in history to look at a younger generation being in politics this is someone who authentically read Watchmen, who authentically is on our generation if you're watching this near me uh and that shows that we're influencing the government from the ground up and no matter how you feel whether you lean right left center that's important to have everyone spoken for every single generation needs to have their voice heard and if that voice happens to quote rorschach (laughs) yeah
5: well i can i completely agree like i you know i don't want comment was What's going? On. What's going on? The world, the world is on fire, as we know. Yeah. and I don't want to get into politics too much, but you do. Like as a younger generation, uh, you know, whether you're in your forties, your thirties, twenties, whatever it may be, you're looking at these old corpses in government, going that they don't represent me. It's nice that you know you can take things from pop culture, like we're going to talk about Stan Lee in a second, and give that to the world, like positivity, give that to the world. Like, so it's really, really damn cool. Like I'm hoping the same happens for our, our old corpses back home and uh, someone <laughs> starts reading some goddamn comics. Uh, but this is amazing. This is news. me for
4: Vendetta.
5: <laughs> so maybe don't do this. Am
4: I just going to leave this
5: here? <laughs> so Yeah, amazing. She's very cool. And
4: look, it was It was very it was startling to see. It was just startling to see and sort of delightful, especially given that it was, like, sourced to Alan Moore. Just hearing the name Alan Moore tweeted out by someone who knows who that is. It, it was it a was, uh, good morning on the internet.
0: Speaking of magic moments that I think are really important, uh, the Stan Lee cameo, the last animated cameo of Stan the Man Lee speaks out against intolerance in a Black Panther animated series. And I think... It's the worst thing that we lost him But what an amazing moment we have at Spider-Verse What an amazing moment we have at this voiceover What a great way to symbolize the man That Stan Lee was To capture the essence of that man You read Stan's soapbox and you hear this That's that's the man, that's the identity of Stan Lee So I think it's a very fitting last animated cameo And I'm really glad we have it So I I think it's a beautiful send-off
4: yeah, we, we've we been sleeping on some of the animated stuff. There's some DC direct movies that we haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to cover. There's Black Panther that we haven't had a chance to talk about. And I'm glad that this drew our attention to what's going on there. Um, because clearly, you know, it's if you have not read, um, people have widely shared old comments from Stan's Soapbox, the column he used to run in the back of comics. Mm-hmm. These are sincere principles that have always mattered to him. Uh, and it's lovely to have that sort of immortalized again for hopefully a new generation who's discovering that it's worth speaking up
5: about things that matter. Yeah, damn right. Damn right. I mean, when I first started reading Marvel when I was younger, I started with The X Men. And I was coming from a place of, of you know, where I was going, I was like, you know, quite racist or whatever. And, you know, I got bullied a lot because of that. Because I didn't look the same as everyone in Scotland. And so reading those those comics really helped and if it still helps young folk now and gives you the confidence you know so i wasn't reading them going yeah i'm so whatever it makes you go damn i can do stuff too you (laughs) know and it, it kind of galvanizes you to you know not be hateful back and come from a place of love and that's where stan was coming from he was going love beats hate and hate is weak you know and that's what we should all take forward
0: so, a lot of news happened this week. I have to quickly mention Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> M'Baku was beautifully played in that movie. And they, the casting was amazing. I love everything that happened. But, much like Taylor Hickson didn't audition for Petra, the casting director found the perfect role for the job. And I think that is... Casting directors in superhero movies are so underappreciated. You oh literally yes. wouldn't have the heroes you idolize if not for the portrayals of the actors in the right role. And sometimes you gotta, you gotta juggle a little bit, Don Cheadle, and get the right person. Sure. So, <laughs> I think it's really interesting to hear that he auditioned for M'Baku and that's not who he ended up playing and he also he, who he ended up playing was perfect. Yes. So Sterling I K. Brown. imagine
4: that movie without him giving that performance. Like
0: he could play to me I would love to see him as Lex Luthor. I would love to see him as Norman Osborn. I would love to see him in any of these roles because that diverse of an actor to play it and I could even see him as a different take on M'Baku but I think it's interesting when you have such a versatile actor audition for one role and they end up nailing another and watch This Is Us.
5: Can I just say sit for a second because you said M'Baku with such passion and <laughs> M'Baku! Oh. I want someone in the internet to just like cut together you saying that over and over baku, oh, like, I back. it. It was it. amazing. I feel it. Yes. With very... your face on a t-shirt. Well he's that.
4: got like it's an specific. exclamation point personality yes. where you're like No no you can't casually be like, Oh yeah, Mbaku. I a, try that I to be zombie. zeal
0: embodied. <laughs> zeal embodied is my goal in life. <laughs> Speaking of zeal embodied, we have a great comic pull list. We this do week. we have five amazing books. There were actually many books this week. This is one of the times we had to we had to trim down a bit. There's a lot of good Yeah, comic I show. left
4: my long list in the document by accident, and it was like fifteen books. Uh, so we're starting with I Love When People Pull This Off. There's a brand new series you can watch today on sci-fi. It's called Deadly Class. It is based on comic books books and there is a new issue coming back after a gap deadly class number 36
0: and speaking of coming back after a gap Marvel is bringing back Marvel Comics Presents this is a great place to jump into comics different creators get involved uh, artists, writers, they experimenting, and there's three different stories usually, check out that book
4: comics love to have confusing names, it's okay just look at the covers and buy them based on that Ironheart number 2 is out this week this was an absolutely fabulous debut from last fall, I'm very excited to get the second issue uh, because it, it, she's really great and E viewing is killing it on this book
0: Amazing Spider-Man number 13 I don't think they intentionally timed it with the trailer But I'm going to say they did I love this title This is a great jumping on point It starts a new arc Check out Amazing Spider-Man number 13 It is to me the most authentically young Silver age feeling Spider-Man we've had in quite some time It feels like Spider-Man to me I love this book
4: we live in a beautiful spider time. And our final pick this week is Wonder Woman 62, which is wrapping up the first arc of G. Willow Wilson's run on the book. Uh, and I picked a variant cover just to show off there because there's too many great covers out there. But you're looking for Wonder Woman 62 to catch
0: up with all that. Out of those, or in of uh, your own poll, what, uh, what are you excited about this week?
5: The Marvel Comics Presents. Mm, uh, cool. I read it this morning. It's really, really good, and it's really, really fun. Like starts off with Wolverine first, then you've got Namor, and then you've got um, Captain America. That was the the weakest point for me. But I was really intrigued as to where they're going. I think next week they've got Mister Fantastic and Wolverine. But that is so much fun, and like it just you can tell the writers are having fun with it. It It's great. So if you want to like start with something and you fancy something new that's what I would recommend. It's Absolutely. Fun. There's also an Invaders
4: number one out this mm-hmm. week, which is that World War II team. Uh, so if Marvel Comics Presents what's your appetite to see more of that, you got to pick that up. Chip Zdarsky's writing that one. There was too much good stuff, y'all.
0: I love that Marvel Comics Presents allows for new creators to be involved and if you've ever dreamed of writing a comic, it's a great place to start because you can have these one-off non-canon stories at times. It's also a great place to be a reader and read these non- canon stories. So that universe of books. Are they out of canon or just so self- I always assume they're out of canon because they get retconned very quickly. Well,
4: it does tend to happen, but like Old School Marvel Comics Presents is what gave us a lot of classic Wolverine stories. T- totally.
0: Um, but but so, one of every six issues ends up blasting in the canon, in my experience, <laughs> so I just assume not canon. So uh, that book, to me, would be the number one pull as far as if you're new to comic books. Uh, but I do think that people should jump on any of these titles because they're kind of the culmination of a lot of years of work and a lot of new arcs, and I, I, I love that we have indie books, mainstream books. It's and I am, time to read.
4: If you're going to start Deadly Class, do start at the beginning. But I am shouting out 36 because it's great There's an essay in the back about what it's meant for a mentor working on the show, um, how he's losing his mind, as we heard earlier. Um, But, like, doing really amazing, pretty unprecedented things. Yeah. It's fascinating.
0: Now, uh, this was a lot of news this week, but do check out the Guillermo del Toro quote about Logan. We didn't have time to dive into it. It's a quote worth reading. It was a really cool week in comics. So much to go over. Next week, we'll be back with Twitter questions. Uh, I think that's it for this week. Anything you want to shout out, Claire?
5: Uh, yeah, like, thank you for having me, first of all. Thanks for coming back. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. And honestly, thank you so much to the Collider. The fans are so lovely. If you want to chat to me on Twitter and Geek Out on Twitter, it's WeClaire. Um, and I do a comic stream and a toy stream on Twitch now, WeClaire here. Um, so if you want to look at my comic book collection, I do that every Saturday. So WeClaire here on Twitch, WeClaire here on Instagram, WeClaire on Twitter. You guys are awesome, and I can't wait to speak to y'all. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank, you, thank, thank you, Claire. Thank and you. And until next week.
1: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, while supplies last, offer ends eight thirty one twenty.
2: Stay little chico pitbull, Mister three hundred five. Better said, Mister Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.